Love Talk Radio. Damn dick boy. We Welcome to the war room. We got Ted. Kill. Jimmy. PJ. Be Austin a hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show and get the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level. Both with the topic, sorta of like the rubber with game talent like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The four for twenty six saw the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. Yo, what up? What's good, War Room family? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm the Bull Dev Mac. And I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my partner. Got Jimmy the Blueprint in the building. Uh, B. Austin can't make it this week. You know, Peruvians tried to do him in because they ain't paid him yet. Um, but he and Arizona Ron from Tucson, they taking care of it in the black Yukon. So, be a holler at y'all next week. So Jim and I, you know, we're going to talk our ish for a little while. So sit back, relax, get comfy, bust it up again with your guys in the greatest man cave in the history of sports. That's the war room. Of course, you can get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you could join us on Facebook. You could join us on Twitter. That's at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number, as usual, is 323-410-0012. What up, fam? And the, the plague ain't done with us yet. Your man Cuomo, it was all good just a year ago. And apparently Robin, of Batman fame, is an alphabet boy. What up with you? <laughs> Hey man, listen man, I'm just happy to be alive these days, little brother. It's it's it's, it's wild out there, and we got yes, all the dudes coming after us, man. Delta, Lambda, Beta, all of them <laughs> coming after us. So Yo, man, I'm just happy to be here. I'm shook because you know all I've heard about recently was Delta, and then you pulled my coattails to to this Lambda that you know might be making his way over here. Especially, I mean, I got I I say might. But the way America is set up, I don't think anything that's rumored or anything that's going on anywhere else in the world, I don't think it's a might because Americans are stubborn. Americans are stupid. You know, you can't tell us what to do. They're marching around like they Martin Luther King because they have to wear a mask in some places. Like that's an affront to their civil rights and civil civil liberties because People are scientists are trying to figure out ways to save your dumbass life, and and y'all think it's you know you're losing like America just wants something to, to to bitch about, you know especially the people who's never been oppressed. Everything is oppressive to them because you know freedom has always been their birthright. Yo, what's going on, man? <laughs> hey, listen, man. To me, this is part of what comes with freedom. Like, it's it's, it's weird. But I understand it, but I just got to be careful, and you got to, you know, make sure the folks that you care about are careful, man. But when you when you give people freedom, there's no, there's no, like, you can't, you know what I mean? You, you, what, uh, what the boys say on the wire, man? You want it to be one way, but it's the other way. Meaning that, listen, this is this, this is part of what comes with it, man. When you're told that we live in the land of the free, um, the home of the brave, and we have freedoms, you know what I mean? It's almost like saying, um... 
you know, you have the right, the First Amendment, right? You have the right to say anything. But you got stuff comes with that. Stuff right. comes with giving people these complete, complete freedoms, man. They feel like they can do whatever they want to do. Um, to a certain extent, they can, but it's it's kind of difficult when you have a situation like this. And to your point, folks is trying to save lives, and, and admittedly don't really know everything that's going on, but they look at that as a big conspiracy. Crazy part is, if our government wasn't who they was, you know, people wouldn't believe in conspiracies that way. They've given us so many reasons to believe in it, man. So it's a difficult situation, man. But catch right, because there's man. there's definitely been some crazy conspiracies, you know, over the history of America. But but like you said, it makes people think every single thing is a conspiracy. Um, Everything, bro. Like I'm and pretty just sure looking for reasons to argue, man. Right. And I'm pretty sure the U.S. government has not been 100% honest with us throughout this whole pandemic and all of that kind of stuff. But at some at some point, like you got to realize that the stuff that's going on, vaccines and uh, mandates for masks and all of that kind of stuff, like yo, they they're really at some point trying to save lives because money is more important to the federal government than anything else, and. You saw Absolutely. how they messed up their money when they had to shut things down for all of those months. So, come on, man. <laughs> it's, man, it's, listen, man. Can't like, mess up the money. How folk, folks out here got to got to do better, man. Like in, and I know Tobias always points out how people are anti this and anti that, but half of the stuff they put in their bodies is a uh, is terrible. So the government can tell you it's terrible for you. Still <laughs> um, right. You know, right. So, Everybody out here talking yeah. about. Vaccines ain't FDA approved. Neither with the memes yeah. been saying this week. Neither is Herbalife. Neither is flat tummy yeah, tea. Yeah, you drinking like you all drinking that bullshit. Neither is noni juice. We still don't know McDonald's. what's in noni juice. I know Balco got something to do yeah. with that. <laughs> we still don't yeah. know what's in noni juice. End of the day, man. Yo, for the folks out there listening to us, man, please just be safe, man, because it's, it's nuts how I am. I'm about to go back into hibernation, man. Right. Right. I mean, I see that coming. Even if they don't force us, I know everybody else is out here wilding. So, like you said, we're going to have to do what's best for our families. And if we got to hibernate again, then then so be it, man. I'm going a, I'm to a try real hard to get my last couple of trips off. <laughs> try to stay away from people. Dog, I got a, I got a, yo, I got a Jamaica trip coming up. I'm not trying to oh. miss, man. Like, I miss home. That's, that's my fake second home. Like, they Shout out to right that. Now, man. Y'all got to chill. I got I got uh, a homie who just told us this week that they're getting married in Jamaica next August, August 2022. So I'm like, I'm afraid to throw my money and book the joint, even though you can start booking now a year ahead. I'm afraid to do that. I think by August 2022, we might literally be the walking dead out this piece. Like, I might be in here, like, hunkered down fighting zombies and trying to be quiet so I don't lead herds to my crib, like. <laughs> I don't know. Like this seemed like the the make the beginnings of a movie, man. Yeah, it's really taking it serious. Hey, All right, man. You do go out there August twenty twenty two. Let me know, man. I'm always I'm always down for a Jamaica trip. I'm trying to go oh, to the no club doubt. and drop the and drop the Randy Savage elbow on somebody. <laughs> yeah, man. <I'm> <laughs> yeah, I de- I want to see that in person. So I'm definitely gonna be in the hood. <laughs> I got to see that in person. That's like bucket list right now. I don't want to see that on the internet no more. I want to see that in person. Um, all right, so let's get into this 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 sports talk. But before we do, just going to remind y'all that whether you're with us live or not, we 
you know, during the week, anytime we're not live on the air, you can still check out archive episodes of the show and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can do that at our website, warroomsports.com, or any of the major podcast listening platforms, man. We're on most of them, if not all of them. So there's never an excuse to miss an episode of the War Room. Tissue in the tape, if you're a hip-hop fan, on the couch with the Wilsons, if you're into movies and TV and documentary and, and having more hours in the day than everybody else. Um, the Broad Street Line, if you're a diehard Philly sports fan, after further review with the mayor, um, you know, whatever we got, it's, it's, it's on it's, it's on all the podcast platforms. But go check it out at warroomsports.com. All right, these hot topics. Brought to you by my bookie, War Room Family. It's time for you to make some money sports betting at my bookie. And I'm really tired of telling y'all this every single week. If you still haven't checked out my bookie, it's time to place a bet. Lay down some bread on the biggest games in sports by joining the War Room and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get paid. You get paid fast. No hassle. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wages after the game starts. So join now. And my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. But to do that, to get that deal, you got to use the promo code WARROOM. All caps, one word, WARROOM, to activate this offer. So visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That is all there is to it. All right, so, um, you know, some more time is going by. Another week, another Olympics done in the can the tokyo olympics the 2020 olympics that were played in 2021 of course are uh behind us now um i mean you you know me (laughs) all these years you know me you know that that few weeks every four years is some of my favorite stuff um so it's it's you know i hate when it's over because it gets a little boring but just gonna hit y'all with the final medal counts from the Olympics. And you know how you know how cocky and competitive the, the United States is, so I guess you can say the United States won the Olympics. I've never heard anybody actually use those terms before. Like, man, we won the Olympics. But overall medals, the US uh came in first with hundred and thirteen, uh the top five to round out the top five, China with 88 overall, Japan, the host company, company, I stay saying company, the host country with 58, Great Britain with 65, and the ROC, the ROC, the Russian Olympic Committee, they had 71, (laughs) it's the ROC. As far as gold medals are concerned, the U.S. narrowly was number one in that as well with 39, China with 38. Japan with 27, Great Britain with 22, and The Rock with with 20. So, um, anything like any highlights about that Olympics that 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 you gonna remember and take with you, or you wasn't really watching it like that? I watched I watched some of it. I mean, I, to me, that there wasn't really any like memories. Like, there's certain times the Olympics have like these these things that happen that are just like memories, whether it's like Usain right. Bolt. Um, doing right. what he does, or, or you know what I mean? But I don't have any of those from this Olympics. Um, what I did find interesting about this Olympics is I learned, I, I spent way too much time looking up and learning about uh, the refugees that still compete in the Olympics because I happened to see them, right. you know, when everybody's walking out. 
And um, so I found that interesting. But other than that, man, it was kind of weird because of, you know, 2021, um, the whole, um, I guess you can call it a scandal with uh, with Sith, you know, dropping out and jumping back in to get the bronze. I mean, nothing really memorable to me. Like, I know you, you, you really into it. Is anything memorable to you? Um, not, I, I kind of feel the same way, even as a big fan. Like, a lot of – there wasn't – like, and they actually try that now. At the end of the Olympics, you know, they got this little montage, kind of like a one-shining moment um, in the NCAA tournament. And even watching that, I'm like, eh, yeah, it just didn't really do it for me because these moments – I mean, there were some. But but like you said, there wasn't a Usain Bolt moment. There wasn't a Michael Phelps getting like 90 gold medals in one Olympics moment. Um, Simone Biles didn't even get a chance to shine because of the controversy and, you know, what she went through during the Olympics. Um, and it's funny that you brought that up because it's it's also – it's hilarious to listen to people because – I I read a whole thread where somebody posted talking about, um, you know, this, this, she did that on purpose so she could let her team shine and this and that the whole time sis is telling you, like, I'm going through some stuff mentally. Like I'm, I'm, I'm calling out for help and I'm going through something mentally, but they sitting here like when you love somebody or when you want to defend somebody, like it doesn't even matter what they say. In Koloff culture, like I went through a whole like, and everybody it was an echo chamber type post, and everybody's agreeing. Yeah, that that's what I said this morning. I was talking to my husband or I was talking to my wife, and it's so great that she did that. Man, she's a great human being. She's a saint. Yo, she's calling out for help. She's telling you even when she came back, she's outlining the stuff that she went through. But people who want to defend her are hard pressed to say. No, she she planned that. She did that on purpose so her teammates could shine. <laughs> While at the same time, you know, you still got the negative ones, you know, killing her. She actually got into it with some haters on social media the other day. I saw the headline of it, but I didn't read the article and I didn't go to social media to actually read the the um the conversation, but she supposedly got into it with some haters too. But yeah, it wasn't a lot that that I'm going to remember years from now about this Olympics, but I still love Yo, most every moment remember, that I'm watching most it. Most of the stuff you remember is like, you know, not athletic. Controversy. <laughs> yeah, it's not <laughs> athletic. I mean, no athletic achievement. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, U.S. men in the four by 100, you know, they dropped the ball again. Um, they didn't even qualify for the finals. Uh, the Jamaican women still ain't nothing to be trifled with on that track. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it's a lot of it is like the usual with less famous names. I mean, you still had, you had big stories from like, uh, you know, Shelly Ann Frazier price was at her last Olympics. Allison Felix medaled twice in her last Olympics. So you had some big stories like that. Some of those feel good stories, but yeah, nothing we're going to be talking about like 20 years from now. You, know, you remember in 2020, but um, Team USA uh-huh. <laughs> got their goal. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, I was about to say a little bit later, but actually, um, we can talk about that now. You know, Team USA in basketball, they won their gold medal. 
And there's a video of former Warriors teammates Kevin Durant and and Draymond Green going live, being a little bit braggy about it because you know everybody. There's been this talk for years, and especially this this year with them dropping two exhibition games and dropping their first pool play game. You know, people are saying the world is catching up and this and that. So after they won gold. Kevin Durant and Draymond walking down the hallway and they're, they're on live and Kevin Durant showing his sensitivity again, basically telling everybody FOH, like who's catching up. Um, this skill level was unmatched. And then they start going in on, on his former teammate, Kendrick Perkins for all the dumb stuff that he says, like, I know you saw this video. Like, did you think that was warranted? I mean, they won the game by five points and, in, in a, in a, you know, they're, <laughs> I mean, there was a point in this game, yeah. late in this game, where the game was in question because they blew a lead that they had. So, like, is is that enough? You know, winning by five points, losing a game during the the whole thing to break the Olympic streak and and losing a couple of exhibitions. I'm like, is it? out of the question for people to say that the world is, is catching up or is, you know, it's just KD being KD. Yo, it's, 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 it's a lot here, right? So I get it. A lot of this is really Perkins because Perkins is on TV talking mad greasy yeah, about the whole squad, KD. Right. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, one thing I realized about Perkins after this season, man, he's going to keep a job because he knows how to make himself part of the story, mm-hmm. um, which you're not supposed to do, but somehow that works in 2021. But anyway, um, it's it's the primary so thing. Vitriol, it's the primary thing in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that was vitriol towards him. But, you know, I think winning by five in the, in the fashion they won actually proves the point that the world is catching up, actually, if you ask me. Um, mm-hmm. What else what is interesting is, though, like, sometimes, and it's the thing about, like, the Dream Team, right? The Dream Team was so dominant and, like, kind of, like, laid the foundation to it, – it's almost like people are chasing goats, Right. Like in retrospect, though, I was watching videos today, right? You know what I mean? So I'm on, you know, I'm on IG, YouTube, double tapping cheeks and whatnot. But I came across this video <laughs> about um the Dream Team, and they were breaking down like the accomplishments of the players even before the Olympics. And I think sometimes we forget just who they sent and when they sent them. And like they had right. 11 Hall of Famers on the team. They literally. I was about I was, I was about to were, ask you like how many MVPs altogether did that team have? Dog. Like, Bird had three, Magic okay. had like five, Jordan had six. I mean, yeah. not by then, but Magic and Bird had all of theirs by then. <laughs> yeah, and then, then, then you figure Mike Mike had six, Barkley had, had an six. MVP. Carmelo like, Malone had one. You know, Carmelo had an MVP, yeah. Hakeem yeah. had one. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so the thing is, I mean, MVPs, you talk about, they literally had 11 Hall of Famers. Like in terms of the top scores of all time, you had like multiple guys in the top five, the top assist man of all time. Like, I think at times we forget just what that that wasn't normal, which is why it's celebrated the way it is. But ever since then, and even me, I fell I fall victim to this too. Like I judge everything based. That's like that's like you know the baseline, and it shouldn't be, because if you remember before the dream, the reason they sent the dream team is because we was getting cooked. Like you know what I mean, like. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, so we got to keep that in mind, but they, they were so dominant and that they made such an impact around the world. In fact, some people say the reason the world caught up is by they, they were part of it. They were all a part of that uh, movement. So, yeah, they, 
Yeah, they say that, um, you know, a lot of people around the world started liking basketball because of the Dream Team. So a lot of these dudes, yeah, so, old, you know, say that they're playing started because of, of that. A lot of Hoops fans, though, when we look at the Olympics, we're judging every Olympic basketball team based on that, and I think it's unfair. Um, so that It might fair? be, Jim, but it's, it's still a catch-up factor there because, you know, Dream Team 2 and, you know, just the professional teams after that for, like, you know, three or four. Maybe four or five Olympics, they were still stomping mud holes in people. You know what I mean? Until two thousand four, when Iverson and them went over there and messed up. <laughs> you, they're, they're not sending the same caliber of players like that. Like, how many MVPs yeah. are on this team right here? Um, One. Kevin Durant. Hmm, Kevin Durant. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Even when you talk about like AI, they're like, it's like, yo, it's, it's, it's just Durant. Like, we're not even sending the same caliber of guys now. Um, so, but with that being said, though, they were they were in their bag, but you know, they probably you know had some bubbly, and that was really to me about Kendrick Perkins because some of the stuff that they were saying, they were like repeating his talking points from TV. So. Yeah. You know, they got which little, which, little which ESPN is going to eat up. Like, wow, if you know, if somebody from our network is making these headlines, then yeah, they about to extend him. Yeah, throw him out there for some more shows. Get him working like Stephen A. He about to be second to Stephen A. They about to give him a nice contract, and he trashed everything he's ever done. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be big. Might be a good father or something, man. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Um. All right, so you know that shout out to the Olympics. Um, um, at least for my sake, we get the next one in three years instead of four, and unless, like I said, unless you know the whole world is um, running from walkers, you know whoever's left is is, is running from the Walking Dead. Um, other than that, you know, see y'all in Paris in a couple of years, which is yeah, that's one of those places like. If it weren't for this and the and the possibility of what life is going to be even after all of this, like Paris Olympics, that, that's something I would have tried to go to. But um, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know what the world is going to look like in three years. So I'm not making any plans to do anything um, <laughs> from now on. Pretty much. All right. You're trying to be a so in NBA news, man, you know, I know we both watched it yesterday because we – you know, we made sure we watched it so we could talk about it a little bit on the show. Um, Netflix has started their Untold series uh, with documentaries, and the first one was about or is about the malice at the palace from that fateful night in 2004, November 19, 2004, the game between the, the Pacers and uh, the Detroit Pistons. Um, in Detroit, well, in Auburn Hills. I mean, we've talked about the malice of the palace plenty of times in our decade mm-hmm. on the air, but this is the first time because they had they didn't do a thirty for thirty about that. That's why I was asking Still Maddox today because he said something to you like, if you saw the thirty for thirty, you ain't learned anything new. But I don't think they've did yeah, a thirty for thirty. I don't know if it's thirty. For, I don't know if it's thirty for thirty. I thought I, I, the funny thing is I remember that. No, they, there's a documentary didn't on get in on about it. Yet. I don't hey. know if it's 30 for 30. It might be 30 for 30. I don't know. I assume that every documentary ESPN is 30 for 30. That's probably why. But ESPN does have a documentary on it. I assume it was 30 for 30. But they do have one. Because hey. I, 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 I looked, and I, I couldn't even find it. Because I'm like, I know I would have watched the 30 for 30 on that. But whatever it is, 30 for 30 or, or otherwise, I couldn't find it. But 
What did you think about this one? This wasn't like a two-parter, three-parter, ten-parter like Michael Jordan's or anything like that. It was like, really, it was like an hour and nine minutes, an hour and 19 minutes or something like that. Um, I thought it was pretty good. What did you think about it? No, absolutely. I realized, too, because I saw the other documentary he was talking about, and it might be it might be that Ron Artest documentary, because there's a Ron Artest documentary, too. I think Showtime. Yeah. That's, I think that's where we saw stuff about that. I think it was. I forgot but Ron whatever, Artest had his own documentary. Yeah. What I recognize from this is this. What I recognize from this is this, right? I put the Malice in the Palace now up there with, like, Biggie and Tupac and OJ, right? Anytime <laughs> there's a documentary or content, I'm going to watch. Right. Like, and you might just gonna find out something, though, even if you already yeah, know everything there is to know. <laughs> Yo, at I, this point, I even know the fans who are offenders because they be in documentaries. Like, so Right. Just, that was that was the surprising stories. part for me that they actually got those dudes to participate. You know, the, especially the boy that Jermaine O'Neal tried to kill. <laughs> oh my God, yo, yo! Every time I see that, every time I'm reminded, I forget. Like, yo, if he would have landed that, he would have yeah. Kermit. Wa- yo, yeah, he was yo, full speed. He would have murdered you. That would have went a whole different way. Yeah, definitely. He would have been on trial for murder instead of just you know. Assault. Yo, he was trying. Uh, yo, he was trying to spin, but he tried to hit him with a all oh, you get. But listen though, um, I thought it was um, it was pretty, it's pretty interesting, man. I, I'm, I'm glad to see Ron Artest like mature, like able to talk about his issues. And I didn't realize um that well, Stephen Jackson still hasn't matured. Just in his interviews, but oh no, no, no. <laughs> Stephen Jackson is Stephen Jackson. He, he, you know what I mean? He, all that smoke and all that, but. Why not test? I didn't realize they showed the clip when he won the chip with the Lakers, how remorseful he still was. I didn't remember right. that until I just saw right. it on air. That, that's um, the thing. Like, and it's crazy. It, it jogged my memory. Like, I, I, you know, after I saw it on there, I, I definitely remembered him doing that. But it wasn't in this context. Like, in, in, in this documentary, they showed everything that happened. They talked about the relationship between him and Jermaine O'Neal, especially when he decided to leave. And then they showed that clip, and it kind of put it all together. Like, damn, that made that moment yep. even heavier than if you remember it yeah. just after the championship. Like, damn, exactly. they damn sure did go through that. He damn sure did bail on them and then ended up being and, the only one <laughs> to get a chip. <laughs> and Except, because well, of that, Stephen I Jackson played with the Spurs. And this is one of the, this is one of the um, unfortunate things about sports. One of the unfortunate things about sports are we remember champions, which is why we hold that championship in such high regard. Mm-hmm. And we forget all the good teams that didn't win a championship. Like, um, when we talk about football, we forget about the Buffalo Bills, just how good they were because right. they couldn't get that one. But like, Getting to the bowl four years straight is how, amazing, man. That's winning, too. You know, they're, they're probably better, they are probably better overall than some teams that actually got it done. I believe, you know what I'm saying? A like, lot of teams. A lot of you know, teams. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, we don't remember that. And, we, yeah. we, um, and the, the AFC wasn't no home at that time. So. Not at all. I forgot how um, good that Pacer teams was that year until yeah. all that happened. I forgot. They were on their Title way. favorites. And, and, yeah, and, man, and that's Detroit was the defending champion. They smacked them that night. That's why the damn fight started. Yes, they did. Because of frustration. Yo, and the other <laughs> – other crazy part is I forget at times how good Jermaine O'Neal was in his prime because he's always marred by this, you know. He's marred by yeah, this, and then when he did get back into the mix, he was injured all the time. So it was like all the time. Jermaine O'Neal was a beast, 
And he had a chip on his shoulder because he came in from high school, had all the doubters. You know, a lot of people was considering him a bust in Portland because he couldn't really crack the lineup. But that's because Portland had so many good bigs when he came. You know what I mean? Yeah, that but, man um, said I was the best high school player, and then I was the fourth best player in my position on Portland. Right. So the I think the only thing that I well one of the only things that I really learned, and like I said, this is you know like Jimmy and I said to everybody listening, this is not a negative. We still we still encourage you to watch this. This is one of those things like even if you know the facts, it's still a great watch. But one of the things that I learned. Um, and I knew he had a brother that passed away, but I didn't know Ben Ben Wallace's brother had just passed away prior to all this happening. Because you know better than all people that from the door, from that time, I've always blamed Ben Wallace for this whole thing. Because, okay, you yeah. can be frustrated at a foul because you're down 15 and he fouled you hard, fine. You give him the push, fine. A little dust up on the court. But Ben Wallace would not stop. You know what I'm saying? He would not just yeah. let it go. He wouldn't say, meet me at the bus. He kept egging yeah, everything on. He started funny. throwing stuff at the dude when he was laying on the scores yeah, table, said, which probably gave said, the fans the idea. <laughs> boy said Ben Wallace used to wear like 48 headbands and wristbands and armbands. And I was dying laughing when they showed him. Like, yo, who, who was Ben Wallace getting dressed for, B? Like, what he used to get dressed for when he played ball? Right. What was yo, he doing? I think also, as 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 crazy and brazen as Steven Jackson was in all his interviews and as off as Ron Artest will always be, even in his maturity, I thought the best, like, interviews was from Jermaine O'Neal because he would say stuff, he's saying stuff real calm, but he kind of killing people at the same time, like like he did Ben uh-huh. Wallace. He's trying to sound all educated, like he's looking for an executive job, <laughs> but at the same time, he's killing people. So, um, yeah, yeah I, also, I thought his interviews were, were crazy. I want to know how Donnie Walsh got that job. Now, I want—I I got to look up Donnie Walsh's history because, like, part of when he was talking, um, he made sense about trying to put a team together. But when he was like, like doing like basketball motions, he looked so awkward. I'm like, yo, Donnie like Walsh know much about basketball. Yeah. Yo, it's yeah. like he never hooped before. Like, what, yo, how are you getting in this? <laughs> I beeped that. He might have just been a big fan all his life. And, you know, I guess he is from a hoop family. He got his brother, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I, I think the documentary was real good. If I had one criticism, I would say it probably did need to be longer. I think some things they needed to go into detail about, um, namely the fact that I just mentioned that, Okay, they said Ben Wallace just lost his brother. And then they said that and then kind of bounced away from it. So, you know, I got what they were Another trying thing to that say. I didn't recognize. Like he might have been, you know, they said he was a, a powder keg ready to explode, but they could have, you know, visited that for another, at least another minute or so just to set the another scene. Another thing that I didn't recognize until this documentary was just how little police presence was there. Um right. And how unprepared they were for this, to the point where someone – there's a phone call, someone calling the cops in. Yeah. Like, yo, now, I, I, imagine being in the stadium <laughs> of all places, and, and you have to call 911. Right. Like, I'm in here, and it's 20,000 people in here, and I still don't feel safe. Like, that's like that's definitely a, a problem. Um, but just yeah, so I, I know it, they, they got to take part of that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but watching it, 
it just reminds you of how crazy that situation was. Like, yo, this situation was brutal, man. You got fans running down. You got players running into the stands, beating the shit out of fans. You got fans running on the court trying to square up with seven-footers. You got people throwing chairs. You got people throwing, you know, bottles, drinks, whatever. Remember when they left, the, when they were leaving, they going up the tunnel, they drenching them with popcorn, soda, and all that, and it's just rumbles everywhere you look. Like, it had to be scary for people in there who wasn't about that. You know, some people in there about all that and probably was loving it the whole time and <laughs> just just probably stealing people for no reason. Imagine, but. imagine you got your imagine you got your kids with you. Like that's the thing. Right, right, but yo, right. Yo, it's it's so yo it's so much to this man. What's up with your man Ryan Artest saying he got definitely family and pulling up at the Source Awards? Yo, he was wild in that year, man. That's why. I guess that's why him, he and Jermaine O'Neal was never close because Jermaine, Jermaine, Jermaine O'Neal knew the importance of this dude, man. Like, yo, our championship dreams hinge on this unhinged dude. So he, he told me I got a deaf in the family. He out there presenting at the, at the Source Awards. Remember earlier yo, than that in the he, season, he's like, take a few weeks off to go uh, finish my album. They're like, yo, guys, like, <laughs> what are you doing here? You get a lot of yo, money to play basketball, like. <laughs> but yo, but you know yo, what though? He he, he was the first Kyrie. He added context to that though. He added context to that too though, because he was like, yo, before the season started, I tried to retire. They told me no. Right. So he's like, it's not like I didn't try to leave. So. Yeah, he's like, I tried to I, before the season started. I said I didn't want to play. He was like, no, you coming back? <laughs> like, no, you coming back? All right. Well, now you got to get now you got to deal with this. But you know, just, I, it's also, Dennis Rodman two point oh man. Yo, also, when he was like, I ain't really want to see Jermaine when he came back to the locker room because I knew he was going to be mad because all he cared about is winning. I'm like, what else he supposed to care about? <laughs> Yo, but the, the, now, and we already knew this part, but every time you hear it, and when you actually got to see when they asked Jermaine about it and you saw his face when they got into the locker room and your man Ron Artest was like, you think we're going to get in trouble? <laughs> Like, Yo, you are rumbling, you you are rumbling with fans, beloved. It is a riot going on outside this locker room right now with 20,000 folks <laughs> that y'all started. And, yo, he said, yeah, I think we're going to get in trouble. Yo, that reminds me of that yeah, Martin episode like when yeah, he I first like met Gina's parents and he wowed out at the at the mm-hmm. restaurant. And when they got back to the crib, he was like, you think they noticed? <laughs> like, so we mean we're going to get in trouble. Yo, Jermaine O'Neal, they said Jermaine O'Neal lost it. tried to dive on the ball. We lost. We, we lived in the mouse in the palace, and we lived through Spreewell choking his coach. Yeah. <laughs> yo, I love basketball, yo. All right, man. So, you know, I guess we went, we, you know, we didn't go into terrible, terrible details. So for the people out there who haven't seen it yet, go ahead and do that. And then, you know, holler at us on whatever platform if y'all want to talk about it. And, you know, if y'all want to talk about it again on the air next week, just, you know, call in. Um, even if you saw it now, call in now, uh, 323-410-0012 if you saw it and you, and you got some some observations from it that you want to get off your chest. Go ahead and do that. But we're going to move on, man. Uh, Summer League. Um, shout out to Unk because he never lost. Jello Ball out here balling in the summer league for the Charlotte Hornets, and uh, in his debut, 16 points in 16 minutes. 
five for eight shooting. I, I think it was actually five for eight from the three-point line. A couple of rebounds, a couple of steals. Um, he followed it up in, in his second game with ten points. Uh, I believe he played like 19 minutes in the second game. Uh, and then he followed it up today with an eight-point effort, but he only played about 11 minutes today. Uh, hit a big shot at the halftime buzzer um, from three. Uh, what's up? What's up with Jello, man? Jello trying? He trying to cement a spot in the league or no? <laughs> That's funny because he might get a spot just based on a few other brothers. Like I'm telling y'all, Jello ain't he ain't a bum, man. He's he's the worst of the three, but Jello ain't no bum, man. I mean, he can he he can shoot. You know what I'm saying? Now, if he if he was a you know in any way a defender. He would have been a lock for the league because, you know, the the whole quote-unquote 3 and D movement is is diesel in the NBA right now. If you can get one of those guys, you know, it's, it's one or two of those guys on, on every team. But um, I don't think he – you know, I've watched. He's not doing anything. He doesn't look overmatched defensively, but at the same time, he's not doing anything special, whereas to say, you know, he definitely can lock up a spot as a 3 and D guy. So that's, that's a position that – I mean, that's something that, you know, he might want to work harder on because he got the shooting part down packed, man. He got a quick trigger. Um, he gets off shots that you think, you know, he might not get off. Um, and, and you know, he's always been somewhat of a shooter. But uh, did you hear how he got his camp invite this year? No, how did he get his invite? So Charlotte, because, you know, the whole pandemic and all of that kind of stuff, they they let all of their players when they came, um, you know, when they came into the facilities this off season, they let everybody bring a workout partner. So of course, you know, it probably was planned probably by by Unc. Um, Lamelo brought Jello with him. So just watching their workouts, like Charlotte executives, was kind of impressed with what they saw. So they invited him to play on the summer league team, and you know, and in the limited minutes that he's getting here, man, he's 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 playing pretty well. Um, I'm thinking even if it doesn't happen with Charlotte, like he's played pretty well to at least be on other teams' radars. Like I'm not, I don't know if he's gonna get a spot for sure, um, but I I think he's he's doing a lot to help his case right now. So shout out to Jello, man. <laughs> you know, everybody be we'll killing see, We'll see how much leverage LaMelo got because Giannis got his brother a spot, even though his brother don't play. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know. Melo, they got some other young some other young uh, high jumpers. You know, Melo like to play with them dudes. Miles Bridges is going to be jealous out yeah. there to Kai Jones because Melo going to have a new oop partner yeah, out there. Yo, but, but that's exactly what they, Milwaukee actually said, though. Milwaukee, like, Giannis's brother is, like, basically, damn near, that's his workout partner. Like, right. he's there to help Giannis and make him feel comfortable. Yeah, I mean, you know what I always say, man. There's worse players in the league than LiAngelo Ball. So, you know, I don't know if Charlotte – has a spot for him, but if they do think that highly of Melo, if they think, you know, Jello has any kind of talent, maybe that's a roster spot for him. Maybe not on the 12, but maybe on the 15, you know, so maybe he'll be there and not be dressed in the game. So we'll see how it plays out, man. But 
I think Melo, you know, he's instrumental in getting him the shot. But Jello, he he's doing what he needs to do with the shot. If he doesn't make it, it wasn't because he went out there and stunk it up. Um, what else is happening out here? Uh, the, the Ben Simmons annual summertime shooting video has dropped. Um, only thing is, this year, this offseason, Sixers fans are not impressed. They're not excited. They're not looking forward to if he's going to do it in the games or not, because they're not even, first of all, he's not even sure if he's going to be a Sixer when the season starts. But the, the biggest factor is we've seen it all before. <laughs> and this time um, he was training with Rajon Rondo and they're taking turns shooting catch and shoot threes <laughs> and they're burying both of them. Both of these non-shooters are burying every shot. And he's looking confident. His, his, his form is looking okay. But, Jim, we, we've seen it all before, right? <laughs> My thing is, if you're going to do that, why are you with Ray John Rondo, bro? Why can't you hit up Ray Allen or somebody? Well, well, I think Rondo was also training. I don't think he was his trainer. So, this is just yeah. two bulls that need to shoot. And probably, you know, he probably want to train with Rondo because, you know, there's a chance he could look better at shooting Jays than Ray Rondo. Help his confidence. <laughs> Rondo. Yeah, help his confidence out a little bit. Like this boy is a, a two-time champion and you know highly regarded. And I can shoot better than him. He he need whatever he Yo, can. Yo, but the thing is though, a confidence move Rondo, for him, Rondo does needs. exactly what people tell Ben to do. Like Rondo is not the greatest shooter, but Rondo will shoot it. Yeah, he ain't scared. He gonna keep you honest. You know what I'm saying? He, he at least gonna do that. And he's hit some big ones in his career. You gonna fade up yep. off of him? You know? Then then I'm gonna shoot it. Like, cause who's gonna get mad at you? If somebody's playing you ten feet back and you take a shot, okay. If you miss, you miss. <laughs> but to not take those just shots, like, <laughs> yo, just like Rondo, I hit some big ones in my no, ma. Yo, um, <laughs> yo. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. The the fans lit into the comment section of this post. I'm I'm surprised that his trainer or whoever it was even posted it because dude's already under fire. You know what I'm saying? He don't know. The rumors are he wants out of the situation in Philly. Um, we haven't heard from him. We don't know if it's 100% true. But what we do know is Philly fans are fed up. They've been ripping into him since the, the last playoff game. So to come out and do this again, when we know we've seen it the last two summers, it's like you just like you just opening dude up for for more punishment. Like, did he approve this? Like, he told you go ahead and post that because I don't really know like who that who's the audience for that. Like, who are they trying to impress with that? Because at this point, it doesn't matter what you can do. It's you know if you don't have the confidence to do it, if you if you're fearful of doing it, and you're just not going to be aggressive. In, in the actual games, then it doesn't matter, and no fans are fooled by it anymore. So <laughs> I have no clue why that video even went up, man. Um, so Casey Mack, man. Casey Mack uh, in the chat, Casey Mack in the chat says that he believes Jello is going to get put on the G League team and then eventually get called up on the season. I mean, which would be fair. Like you don't really, you got you got draft picks, you got a lot of people, you know. If there was a pecking order in, in Charlotte Summer League, you got a lot of people over him in the pecking order. But if you can keep him maybe in the system somehow, like like Casey Mack said, 
on your G League team <laughs> and, and not even make them a part of the 15, and then people start to go down, you know how injuries go. Or if they just need a spark, they're not shooting well, and you just want to give them a shot. That's a, that's a good place to do it. Um, and I think that makes more sense, really, than just putting them on the roster. You might get an invite to camp, but I'm with Casey Mack. I think that might be how it all goes down because, okay, you got summer league. This is going to be like less than 10 games. And even if he plays well, you don't want to be fooled into thinking he's better than he is because he shined in eight games. You know what I mean? So you throw him down there, you get to see him play a lot more. And he had some shots on some G League teams before, but the pandemic kind of messed all of that up. He didn't, he never got to play. So um, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Um, your man IT, <laughs> Isaiah Thomas, the fake Isaiah Thomas, he dropped 81 points in a Pro-Am game. So I think some NBA teams, you know, the, the antennas went up on this. They're saying, they're saying, um, possible reunion with the Boston Celtics. You know, there's more chances of that now because of what he did in this program league. Uh, you know, with LeBron and the team that he's trying to build, anybody play well on any level in any league, you know, he watching. So you think this 81 in a program game is going to help get due back into the NBA, even though it was just in the yeah. pro Listen, man. Thing about the NBA and their scouts is, yo, know, you, if you play well, like in a driveway, they will find you. I mean, birds <laughs> are proof positive of that. Like, it don't matter where you play well, you will be found. Just understand that. So, um, I do think they're going to. I mean, they were trying to bring Joe Johnson back because he was cooking. He's still to this day is cooking the big three. Like that's his league at this point. But um, more like the big three, Michael Jordan. But uh, you know, in 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 hoops, dog, you play well, they'll find you. Right. And, you know, Pro-Am is not the NBA, but, you know, a lot of NBA players, former NBA players, play in, in cities Pro-Ams. Um, this is Jamal Crawford, the crossover Pro-Am League, and that's spelled T-A-T-R-A-W, crossover. Um, shout out to that, uh, Bars. Um, so he got... He got a shout-out from Jamal Crawford after that, you know, trying to help him get back into the league, uh, basically saying, like, yo, this dude can still get buckets. So, you know, if NBA teams aren't calling, then there's something wrong with y'all. Um, but we'll see where it lands him, man. Like, because Isaiah Thomas, you know, he had that year in Boston where he thought the truck was about to get backed up to him, and then he got that injury, and he's been, like, a journeyman ever since. It's a shame. Yeah, man. It, it, people were talking about giving this boy a max deal, which would have been right. insane. I mean, which would have been crazy anyway, at his height sick. anyway. But what he did that season, it was hard to argue against it. But they got they, you know, me meaning the Celtics and all the other NBA teams, they actually got lucky that this dude got injured because I think it was one of those situations where they're like, man, dude, like five eight. Uh, nine, like we don't want to give him this kind of money. His numbers justify it, but we don't know if he can do this for more than one season. And because of the injury, he never got that chance to have to prove it. Um, you know, and and he never even got the chance to get that money. So they skated with that one because they might have given him that money, and then he'd have went out there and 
<laughs> not played as well. But this little dude averaged damn near 30 that year, um, which is amazing in itself. You know, I, I, I never put none of these little dudes on the level of Allen Iverson, but he definitely had an Iverson-esque type of season that year. He was cooking. Yeah, definitely was cooking. Celtics ended up in the conference finals and everything. All right, so uh, shout-out to him. Shout-out to Molly Crossover and the Crossover Pro-Am League. Um, boy, 40 at halftime. Of course, ended it with 81. And, of course, he had on a pair of Kobe's while doing it. So, of course, they're talking all that. The the spirit of Kobe Bryant, you know, he channeled his inner Kobe and all of that kind of stuff. So, shout-out to him, man. In NFL preseason starts tonight, two games on the slate. The Washington professional football team taking on the New England Patriots. And then there's the game between the Steagles, the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, visiting the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, do you have any excitement about this? Do you have any excitement about <laughs> None whatsoever. None. I don't do preseason. I don't care. I, I, preseason football is trash to me. Um, call me when the season starts. I'm – like, my GM days are over. Like, you used to watch, you know, when you really, really cared about your team and you were mm-hmm. still one of, you know, you were a couch GM and you wanted to see this player and that player and if they pick right and this and that. I don't care about any of that anymore. I don't care who my team drafts. I don't care who they pick up. I don't really care about any of that stuff anymore. I'm going to let these dudes do their job and I'm just going to be a fan the way I'm supposed to be. So call me in September. Duh. When they kick off for real, because preseason. I'm trash. worse than you these days. Only team, only team I care about is my fantasy squad, and we ain't start yet. So. <laughs> right, right. You're like, damn, all of this. Like I for me, for, no, for your fantasy, fantasy keep me level football, but for a whole different reason. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I always had conflicts with fantasy anyway because it make you root for the game differently than you want to. But then when you let go and you don't care anymore, like before, I want to root for. But yeah. um. Yeah, like for me, you know, being you, you know how I how I get down when I watch stuff anyway. So, you know, I'll be in a room where there's several monitors, so, you know, it might be playing in the background, but there's no way I'm going to sit there and watch with attention the a preseason game, especially a preseason game 1. Um I won't even watch it with value. Well, first off, first off, first off, <laughs> don't big brother come on tonight. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that's another thing. Oh yeah, I got to see what, I got things, to see what Derek X going to do. <laughs> there's things in my in my older age, in my advanced age, that just take precedence, man. I mean, y'all, you know, we had a great run. Y'all know how we how we've always felt about sports. You know, we still got the love, but I, I will be the first to admit that it's not the kind of love that it's always been. I mean, I blame that a lot on y'all, and I'm talking about you know sports fans. Um. <laughs> Y'all, y'all really not to strip the love yeah, from people. <laughs> I'm more, I'm more, I'm more interested to see what Derek X going to do, man. I want to see if he going to I mean do these sports. Yeah, because they left us, they left us with the dramatic twist. I ain't never seen a Wednesday show go yo, off. They ain't even Big show us, us the veto. Big brother like, definitely gave us blue balls last night. Uh, <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. I ain't even get no pre con <clears throat> But anyway. Um, Yo! <laughs> let's 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 move on before before we take some calls, man. Just want to talk real quick about the quote of the week and the stat of the week. Um, 
your quote of the week. The Lakers win a championship. They should give Dennis Schroeder a ring for turning down that $84 million extension. And that quote is from the Lake Show Hoops Twitter account. I have no idea who that was, but I thought that was hilarious. If you've been living under a rock, Dennis Schroeder turned down an $84 million extension from the Lakers because he wants something more like 110, 150, something crazy that they said. Um, and ever since he turned that down, he's been hard pressed to find a job. So he finally found a job. The Celtics gave him a one year deal worth the mid-level veteran, the veteran mid-level exception of $5.9 million. So that's a long, that's, that's a long stone throws away from turning down $84 million. Um, but I guess you brought up Spreewell earlier, Jim. I guess Shooter's just like, look, man, I got to put food on my family. And um, $84 million yeah, is just not going to put enough food on my family. He got to feed the whole District 9, so $84 million wasn't going to do it. What are your yeah, thoughts about wild. him turning it down? And, you know, as a, as a Laker fan, even though I just talked about our, you know, our dwindling love for loving this stuff as much as we used to, at I least, thought, you know, listen, being, being I gotta, fanatics. I got to give credit to Tobias. <clears throat> I got to give credit to Tobias. Tobias called this when it happened. He said this man is crazy when it happened, and <laughs> he ended up being right. Because, yo, why were multiple teams offering this man $80 million to begin with? Remember, it wasn't right. just the Lakers. The Bulls came in at like 80 Right. He had a couple the Bulls, squads the Bulls came in like even with a little bit more. But by the time he turned that down and, and, and people's teams were shaping up, even the Bulls said, never mind. They probably was like, man, we was crazy for what we were about to offer him. Because they were going higher than what the, what the Lakers were going to go. Yeah. So, so with the money they didn't I mean, have to pay him? Not even like with fifteen million dollars this year is paying like six of their pickups: Carmelo Anthony, Kendrick Nunn. Um, who else did they get? Uh, not the trade. Russell's not a not a part of that. But all the people that the Lakers like six people that the Lakers picked up, they're they're paying those dudes like a total of fifteen million dollars. So if they would have so, paid this dude, the they Lakers, wouldn't have been able to shape up the, the roster like they ended up shaping up. Crazy. So he played himself. They re, they flip, I've never seen a roster flip the way the Lakers flipped their roster over the last couple of years. Do you realize that the player with the most tenure on that squad is LeBron? Yo. LeBron, he's in like, years. This is like his third year. <laughs> he's like three years in. He, listen, he's a, his three years, nobody on the team has been there three years other than him. Everybody else has been two or less. Yeah, like, they got rid they of all the draft on. picks that they had. The Lakers was excited about their young core, but then they they realized, even before they got LeBron, they probably started to realize, like, well, we're excited about these dudes, but we are the Lakers. Like, we don't really have time to sit around and and wait for these dudes to grow up and all of that. And then when they got LeBron, they just express trained them dudes out of town. Well, think about <laughs> so, it. There's 15 spots, right? They got eight right. new players coming in next season. So half of the squad, more than half of the squad yeah. is new. But then, then out of remaining players, like, you know, LeBron is literally has the most longevity as a Laker on the whole team, which is crazy because he's only been there three years. Yeah, that, that is crazy. Um, well, again, shout out to your man Dennis Schroeder for helping to make it all happen because, you know, they would have paid him. If he wouldn't, like, forget paying him what he wanted. If he would have taken the deal that they gave him, 
they wouldn't they wouldn't have been able to you know shape the team like they've shaped it so far. So yeah, he, he definitely deserves a, a ring if they if they win the championship this season. Um, <laughs> shout out to Dennis Schroeder, the newest Boston Celtic at least for one year. So now he's in another prove me situation because he played himself with the Lakers. Now he got to go out and prove to the Celtics or anybody else in the league that he's worth a multi-year big money deal. So, man, he got to put food on his family, though, man. So don't be mad at him. He definitely got to put food on his family. So the latest, our, our stat of the week, man, this comes from a meme that's going around and a sentiment that's going around. There's a meme that's going around that's comparing Tom Brady's career earnings to Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills quarterback's earnings after six years. So basically Tom Brady, uh, in 21 years, being, you know, GOAT status, has earned uh, $263.5 million in salary over 21 years. Josh Allen, with his new contract, which you know how football is, he really hasn't earned that number yet, um, the, it's saying $258 million over six seasons. But his new contract is $258 million with $150 million guaranteed, which is the highest guaranteed money the NFL has ever seen. His yearly output, $43 million a year, is less than Patrick Mahomes, who's making $45 million a year. But, you know, the, his guarantee is, is, is ridiculous. So the sentiment out there is, well, you know, Brady, he's always taking less to win rings. Um, and Josh Allen is just going for the money. Which one you doing, Jim? Which which one? If, if they're gonna give you two hundred and fifty-eight million dollars, you know, six years in, like, are you having problems about that? Are you gonna turn that down because people are telling you that Tom Brady would have taken less? Which, in actuality, he never did. Tom Brady always got his money on the back end of some slick restructuring that the Patriots used to do. But fans are fans. When you love a dude, you fall for anything, and you want him to be, you know, the saint of the world. What's your thoughts on this comparison, this meme, and this sentiment? That meme is absolutely stupid. Because, for one, they're talking about over a 20-year period. We know how the finances and all the sports change over a 20-year period. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Brady like, first of all, Brady, the fact that still playing is crazy. This is like comparing, um, you know, what Wilt made to, to kind of like what Shaq made, like, you know, like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, come on, man. It, it's stupid as hell. And then to your point, Brady always gets his bread. And it's like, come on, man. It's just dumb. As, it's just a dumbass meme. Yeah. I, I, and, Jim, I think we were talking in the chat, and I think somebody brought up the fact that it might have been Tobias when Brady, who we'll talk to in a minute, he said when Brady won his first Super Bowl, like the highest paid quarterback in the NFL was making like $11 million. It was like two high-paid quarterbacks. One of them was the guy Brady replaced in Bledsoe, who was making like $11 million. So it's like That's $11 million versus the highest paid now making $45 million. Like there, it wasn't even a possibility for Brady to make this kind of money, one. Two, Brady always got his bread on the back end uh, of, a, of a restructure. Three, like y'all can talk all of this you want, but – like we always talk about, man, 
in this whole decade of talking to athletes and talking to agents and talking to all the people we talk to, like we know for a fact that we know what priority is. Athletes will go on TV and talk to you about championships and that being the most important thing, but none of these dudes are playing for free. And talking to them off air, behind the scenes, like you, you learn like, you know, and it's not it's not even really like a learn. It's just basically a confirmation. Like you, you they confirm it to you when they have a real man to man conversation with you. Like, dog, come on, man. Like I'm 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 going to drain this league or this team for every penny that I can. And, and I agree with that sentiment. It's the it's the if the team is going to pay you something where the fans are out here screaming, that's too much for our team to compete. It is the team. It is the franchise's responsibility to make it work to put people around you, to make the money work Many and all that kind of stuff. It is not your responsibility to take been less working, money. Give me what I can get. These dudes have been working their entire life. It's not just like today. They've been working at this their entire life. With the, like, to, make, to, to be able to set, change their family's trajectory, like, I mean, like, folks have been working at this for their entire life. So I don't get mad when they go for the bread, but then when you compare somebody that's been playing for 20 years, it's like, yo, the salaries just weren't the same. Like, put it like this, LeBron's not the highest paid player on the Lakers. Westbrook is. Right. And it's because of when he came in the league. I mean, and, 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 part, and, the, and the crazy part is, the crazy right. part is at the end of his career, Zion will probably, and from an NBA standpoint, probably if he remains healthy, he would have probably out-earned LeBron. I mean, right now, Steph Curry is about to outrun LeBron. Like, LeBron has made what he's made, and the the excitement behind that lasted like four days until Steph got his new deal. Like, yo, yo it's... It's like comparing what Steph makes to, 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 to what Mike makes. Like, Steph right. is and, Michael Jordan. And no and one but it's ridiculous, you know I mean? like, Jim, to hear fans talk this way. Shout out to Fred Purdue. We were talking the other day, but you know, Fred, when it comes to Brady... There's no, there's not an objective bone in his body when it comes to Brady. But he kept saying to me, "Who would you rather be, seven-time champion and considered the goat, or make what Josh Allen is making?" I said, "Make what Josh Allen is making," <laughs> because truthfully, much, I can go and not that, not that Brady's broke or anything by any means, you know, whatsoever. But if any of these dudes ever fell on hard times, or not, not even fall, yeah, if you fall on hard times or just something goes wrong in your life, like. Those trophies, those rings, all that stuff is not going to be there to 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 comfort you know to cushion your fall or to comfort you at night. When you making Josh Allen type money, Josh Allen could flame out because a lot of people probably still don't believe that Josh Allen is on this level to be the second highest paid quarterback in the league right now. Um, shout out to Tobias. Shout out to Tobias, and and even with me trolling Tobias all last season the way I did. I don't think Josh Allen has proven it long enough to be the second highest paid quarterback in the league. But but you know what? If I'm Josh Allen, I ain't turning down nothing but my damn collar. You, you I, oh, you're gonna give me 258, 150 mil guaranteed? I'll take that. And if he doesn't flame out and he plays out this whole contract and then gets another, you know, big money contract, come on, he gonna be up there around the 400 millions in earnings one day. Yeah, I'll take that over seven Super Bowls. Yeah, I'll take that over being considered the GOAT if that never happens for him. But just because he's getting that and taking what he he's taking now, 
that also doesn't mean that if he becomes that good that he can't put himself in those conversations later with the money that he's making. So it's silly on the fans, you know, who, who most of these people are broke to sit here and talk about what they wouldn't do when you know, come on, somebody gave you a <laughs> hundred grand right now. Like y'all probably act the same way over a hundred grand that, that you're talking trash about 258 million. So FOH, man, <laughs> that's yep. our, that's our stat of the week, man. Josh Allen, go get your money, little duffel bag boy. And before we talk about what happened this week, why y'all want to grind, we're going to go to the phone lines. We got the homie Tobias waiting out in Arizona. What up, Tobias? Roll damn tide. Get your money. <laughs> get your Roll damn tide. Hey, speaking of Fred, every time I ask Fred who the Miami Hurricanes opened the 2021 college football season with, he dodged the question. Like Tom Brady dodged the, you know, because, you know, for those who don't know, the Miami Hurricanes opened their season. They have the privilege of being made an example of by American team, your Alabama Crescent Tide. Just to let you know that. And Alabama will cover that spread, by the way. But anyway, uh, but I hate when people talk about Brady, right? I ain't, I, ain't mess, I ain't messing with y'all on the spread no more, man. Y'all don't be covering. Hey, yeah, I ain't messing with Gus. I know up he ain't doing that show in a while. I see I excommunicated him. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but y'all talk hey, Brady, and quick, I hate bye. this. Real quick, we got some news that came in recently. Um, speaking of contracts, speaking of big money, Kawhi Leonard is officially back with the Clippers. He signed a four-year, $176 million contract, um, betting player option for the fourth year, even though we know Kawhi will take his player option in like the fourth month, maybe the fourth week of the season. You know, he'll exercise his player option then and, um, you know, go on a Ron Artest-like vacation if he so feels. So shout out to Kawhi. For doing it. You know what one of y'all brought up in the chat, man, that Kawhi Leonard does all the quote unquote selfish stuff that people like to bash other players about, but he doesn't really get the heat probably because he's so quiet. But if you think about some of the stuff Kawhi does, Kawhi Leonard is one of the biggest divas in NBA history, but he doesn't have the reputation of being so. So shout out to him for being able to do that and still getting your, another shut your mouth, 176 million. Yeah. That's why you He just be a demon and don't talk about it. And it works out for him. Yeah. So That's why y'all dudes be getting y'all dudes be getting caught out there, you know what I mean, with the chicks because y'all not shut your number. Shut, shut, yeah. shut your damn mouth. And y'all y'all talking about like we were talking about like Brady taking less money. If it was if taking less money was guaranteed winning a championship, why did the New England Patriots go ten years without winning a Super Bowl when Brady was there? It was guaranteed winning a ring. What happens is, and here's another guy who took who smartly took and, the and money. And it's not it's like Sean the Watson. Patriots were ever chock full of talent besides like one or two years. So yeah, you know, they weren't paying no big money to anybody anyway. Belichick and, will cut you remember, in a minute if you make too much. Remember. Look at Deshaun Watson. Ain't he glad he took that money when he did? Imagine <laughs> he didn't take that contract and try to play around like, oh, yeah. Oh, look what would have happened to him right now. Mm-hmm. He's lucky he took that contract, and now he got whatever he has guaranteed. Because what people don't – what, what yep, these fans don't he, realize – Because he, he about to have to fork over a lot of that. 
to some. Who knows? Brittany Renner may say he touched her too, trying to get a baby out of him. But anyway, uh, let's keep it moving. Yeah. Shout out to PJ. <laughs> you know, people. Well, every athlete would like to win the championship, but their main priority is set their families up uh, after they're done playing. Because there's only a short – most of these athletes probably done in the early 30s at best if, if everything worked out. Yes, you can have a ring. There's plenty of athletes who have rings who live under bridges right now or live with their mama or broke. You take that money, especially with the money these guys make now, and you have opportunity to do other things. Josh Allen is set for life. And guess what? He's got, as long as he's good, he's seeing every year of that contract. Hell, they may redo it in a couple years because of the position he plays. But I wish people start comparing money and errors because your money, the what players make, are, is based on TV contracts. So once the TV contracts got bigger, the salaries get bigger. That's where that stuff comes from. So, of course, when Wilton don't play, there was no cable. There was three channels. There wasn't even Fox then. So, of course, why was they going to make I, really? I was, like, was there even three when Wilton played? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, and so that, I just wish people used logic on that. Hit it slow, but that money got kicked down the road. So, it, it, it what's going to happen be like what happened to New Orleans. They kept kicking money down the road, and the bill comes due. This is what that's what people don't get, and and a lot of people. What we're in a sports society now, where let's say the Bucks, for example, got a guy named Carlton Carlton Davis, who's one of the best cornerbacks in the league at a young age. His contract coming up, he may make seventeen, eighteen million dollars a year, but if he don't take twelve million because he got to play with Brady, people will get mad at him, even though he don't have the endorsement like that. So I say, get your money. And if you win a ring, so be it. Don't you don't? Perfect example, DeMar DeRozan. Hey, why take $5 million to play with the Lakers and hopes to win a ring or play with the Bulls and get 25 At least you'll finish your career in the playoffs. At least you can say that at least. If he would have won a championship, he would have won it already. But you got to take that break. And, that, and, you know, and it's not saying they don't care. But all these athletes, they cool with – you hear from Barkley, Miller, Reggie Miller, this guy – they just happy they had a shot at it, <laughs> you know, and you let the chips fall where they lay. Yeah, I mean, you got to, man. I, I mean, especially in a profession like this because your your career isn't long. You know what I'm saying? These dudes, even if, if you're a good, if you're a great player, like your career is 10 to 20 years. And, and 20, the people who make it 20, like we're looking at them like they're aliens because that's, that's not even the norm. So if somebody's saying, you know, everybody else out here in these streets working for like 30, 40 years on their job, these dudes playing this sport for like 14 years, for most of them, 14, 15 years, and that's if you're great enough to hang around for even that long. Like, you can't sit around and tell these dudes that they shouldn't be taking all this money if they want to win. I'm going to take whatever these dudes the maximum that, that that I can negotiate with these dudes because these rings or these dudes that I'm supposedly taking pay cuts for, they're not going to take care of me when my accountant, you know, <laughs> makes some bad deals and, and make off with my money. Shout out to Bernie. Um, 
<laughs> yes, I, it, yeah, I, I, I can't stand when fans start talking like that, man. Get everything you can get from these organizations, man. Yeah, because they're going to get everything they can out of you. Right. They're going to milk you, milk them in the process. Yeah. And, uh, like Dennis Schroeder, for example. I, I was right, you know, I was saying at the beginning, take the money. Because I looked at him as a player. He's not Kawhi. He's not KD where you tear your Achilles and you got every team in the league ready to give you a max deal. <laughs> you take right. that guaranteed right. $84 because you'll never get that money back. And how much more was he going to get? That's the crazy part. The mo- take that money right there. One, I bet his wife is pretty pissed off right now. That's that bag up. His whole but, district pissed off. Yeah, and, and what you when you saw him for agency, that was a deep free point guard. Uh, the point guard position is pretty deep in free agency. There's a lot of good point guards that were out that were, that was available in free agency, and who was probably better chemistry guy to the Dennis Shooter. Because you remember when he first got to the Lakers, he said he's the point guard, he the captain now. When LeBron is the point guard everywhere he plays. So, yeah, I mean, so it, it's one it, of those things, man. It's like if this was him, then you know, agent can't do anything about it. If your if your client says no, don't accept that. Yep. But if this yep. was the agent, yep. then yeah, he need to be fired like three or four. Yeah, because look at Nerlens <laughs> Noel. He turned out at seventy million, and this guy doesn't even have a post move. He can't even hit a ten footer. Turn out at seventy million, <laughs> like. And look what happened to him. Post move. And, he doesn't uh, have a basketball move. Like the whole he doesn't. Sport. He just like, runs good. He just runs <laughs> fast and jump high. That's all he is. <laughs> but yeah, one true. thing, Jimmy, y'all was talking about, giving up those draft picks, LeBron being the highest tenure guy. I, I said it before, I said it again. Markets like L.A., Chicago, New York should be using draft picks to make trades. Get the players, let them play, show some promise, and trade them off. Because once you those big market teams, you don't really need to be trying to say we playing for the draft like the Thunder and the Blazers and the Magic do. But then again, Orlando keep drafting six foot ten guys who can't shoot. <laughs> you know, but uh, <laughs> but that's what you should do as a big market instead of like waiting on draft picks. I'm glad the Bulls finally doing that, but I think that's something like y'all was saying that hit right there. You have to. Sometimes you can't wait. Like we got LeBron on your team, you can't wait around a long little ball got developed because they ain't like we was coming up with Jordan, Elijah, one Barker came in at 21, 22. These guys coming in at 19 with AAU coaching, and we all see AAU coaching in most cases. Roll the ball out, hey, go go have at it, pretend you Steph Curry, even though you can't shoot, but. I said, but I so there's so there's a lot. LeBron could wait on that. And look how long it took for Lonzo Ball to pop to get better. Brandon Ingram, those guys. LeBron had that kind of time, but you had a team like New Orleans who could take that on, who had the luxury of waiting because of the market they're in. And I, and I think that's something that you guys hit on something with that. Yeah, I mean that, that's always been the case, man. Because all of those guys are becoming the players that they were expected to become when they got drafted. But when you got LeBron, you know, you pick up LeBron in like his 15th, 16th year, you don't have time for that. And, yep. and you know that you as soon it. as you get LeBron. You know, like, ain't no way LeBron going to let us keep these Yeah, dudes. and I hate how these people crap along. Well, he didn't live up number two expectations. Guess what, people? 
De'Aaron Fox, if he had gone number two, he would have been to Orleans right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it probably bounced somewhere else. And how how bad that situation would have been? He had three coaches in three years with Zion. <laughs> so, I mean, that's so, what people don't remember, though. Lonzo was pretty yeah. good in his rookie year. You know why? Because the Lakers were trash, and they were able to, you know, build and learn. But then when you, you bring LeBron in, and he brings Anthony Davis in, yo, we don't have time for you to learn on the job no more. If you're not nice, you know, as soon as I come, then – you know, you got to go. That's not what I'm looking for. And 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 they're going to, you know, in a situation like that, they're going to have to play off him being decent in his rookie year to even, you know, get the trade. Well, that's rough. You know, trade capital. So that's just, that's just really how the ball bounces, man. You say it all the time. It's about where you get drafted at, who you're playing for, basically yeah, how your career turns out. Perfect example, and I'll run on this. Zach Wilson, right, for the Jets, number two overall. Uh, all those quarterbacks who got drafted, he's in the worst spot. No line. He got he got a good left tackle in Benton. No weapons. A rookie head coach and a rookie OC. Hey, have at it, kid. And just a bad <laughs> franchise all around. Just a yeah. bad franchise. Hey, I mean, you remember we were saying. And then we were saying. You know, Mahomes got to go to the quarterback whisperer. And I look at him. <laughs> yeah, I was saying this also. All these media folks crying about Justin Fields slipping. Bro, he should be happy that he didn't go to the Jets. <laughs> he going to get his $30 million, looks like it. But if he went to the Jets in that bad situation, he'd be bouncing around trying to hop on somewhere else, trying to get another shot. And that's why I think a lot of times it's where you go. Because Tom Brady, we could say he's the greatest ever. Everyone slipped. If you see Tom Brady with shirt off when he got drafted to a play, you wouldn't have thought it. But he got to learn under Drew Bledsoe, who was a good soldier when he got beat out. Got to be in that Patriot system. What if Carson Palmer and Tom Brady flipped? Carson Palmer ended up in New England, who was he's a very was a very talented guy, who was, who was and Tom Brady talented. ended up in Cincinnati. Yeah. Who was way more talented? Tom Brady yeah. wasn't even a played in Cincinnati. That's what like, I'm he would have been out the league. Yeah, he wouldn't even have played in Cincinnati. So it's it is crazy, boy, how fate works. You know what I mean? Destiny, <laughs> how that kind of stuff works. Because man, yeah. And I'm a fan of the Bucks, and I'm like, the documentary on Tom Brady when he's said and done, that's going to be a great one. It's going to be a great one. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I say he could be mad all he wants. He teams passed on, bro, the Patriots passed on you five times, too. (laughs) Uh, No, 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 I always said that. The Patriots weren't some geniuses because of that. Like, come on, they they passed on him a a ton of times. More than five times because they had multiple picks in the round that he was picked in, and I don't think he was the first of those picks. Yeah. Let's be honest, second six round pick. Even if you're a second round quarterback in the NFL, that's luck. Uh, he is like, hey, we'll take a flyer. It's first rounder where you get killed. No one ever got, no GM ever got fired for missing on a second round or third round QB or even a sixth rounder. Yeah. You know, so I just think a lot of hyperbole and it's hot take media goes too far when we found out how the story ended. And it's not fair to anyone like that when you find out how the, we know how the story ended with these players. But, hey, you guys have a good one, man. And, uh, and you know, Jimmy, when you go to Jamaica, stay off the milk yacht. Ain't no excuse, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no milk yachts over there. Ain't no milk yachts over there, doggy. Oh, by the way, I'm going to say this. Passes off, I don't know y'all saw this bit of news. That the New Orleans mayor mandated that you got to have a COVID vaccine or – a negative test in three days to attend the games of the Superdome, even though it is uh, 
be full capacity. So so you'll be seeing Ooh. it. And Lamar Jackson, hey, bro, you had COVID twice in eight months. What more information do you need? Hey, you guys have a good one. Yo, 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 that is a wild. That should have been, been the quarter of the week. That was, that's wild, yo. Yo. Hey, Jeff, did you hear what he said? No, I didn't hear what he said. He's, talk, he's still talking about after so, that he need more information? Yeah, so Lamar Jackson has already had COVID twice, and they asked him if he going to get the vaccine to play this season. He was like, I need more information. Yo, you got more information than anybody out here. Like, <laughs> even if you're too lazy to actually go look for this information that you claim that you need, just personally, you have more information than most of us. You got the information that I don't want. I don't want that information. I don't want to have to go through that to to figure. You know, maybe he didn't get sick, sick, but still, I don't even want to. I don't. Listen, I don't want bro. the fear of a positive test and me thinking of what I could go through or what I could put somebody, one of my loved ones, through just by having it. So, Yo, come on, listen, dog. man. Listen, man. A part, a part, a part wow, of mine, man. man. I'm a part of mine. I'm only sharing this because he just put it on Facebook that that he, he um he just got out of hospital with COVID. He was like, "Yo." He has like white spots on his face. Like his face is like changing color. He's like, "Yo, this this COVID is crazy." Yeah, because it's affecting people in all kinds of crazy ways. Right, man. Yo, I, I, I need don't want more no part of this, man. Much more need information, information you need, you dumb muff. <laughs> yeah. Right. Whatever, yeah. man. Let's talk about what happened this week where everybody was on the grind, man. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And while you were on the grind, it's brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. If you or your business need a custom website, here's what you do. Go to digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203. Say, yeah, heard it on the war room. It's a discount. Simple as that. Get you a new website. And tell us about what happens. I mean, you can definitely naive? call that number if you need more information. Shout out to Lamar. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, J.R. Hennessy Smith, the guy J.R. Smith is enrolling at North Carolina A&T. Um, he has his eyes set on, on joining the golf team. So he wants to – he came right out of high school to the NBA. So now he's going back to college, but he wants to so play on the golf he got, team. He got four years of eligibility, not in, not in basketball because he's played professionally, so he can't play basketball, but he got four years of eligibility at any other sport. So, yeah, that, that's where he was when he had this idea. He was on the golf course with Ray Allen, and they were having a conversation about life, and Ray Allen was talking about, you know, he was thinking about going back to school and all of this kind of stuff, and I guess he schooled him to his eligibility, and he's like a five handicap in golf, so he's going to go try his hand at golf. But my question to you, Jim, you know how these dudes are. Like, does that mean that he's done with his first love? Because you can enroll in school, you can get on the golf team, but with a lot of these dudes, when they do this kind of stuff, you know damn well as soon as the NBA team come calling, you're leaving all of that stuff high and dry. So I wonder where his mindset think, is as far as that's concerned. Is he done done? The most or? interesting thing about this the most interesting <clears throat> thing about this story is, why is J.R. Smith that nice in golf? He doesn't come off as somebody that could play you golf. Know, <laughs> He, he definitely doesn't. He's not the dude that you're going to think, like, is going to get out on the links and kill him. But they said dude plays with a five handicap, um, and and he, he kind of nice. I, I have heard before, though, that he played golf, and I had the same surprise 
when I heard it the first time. But now that he's out here trying to play collegiate golf, it's like, damn, he that nice? But, you know, we'll see. And that'll be good for the basketball I mean, team, listen, too. You know he's going to show I mean, up in them practices imagine, and get them do some, some I mean, work. But imagine if he does and then somehow becomes a pro golfer. That's an amazing story. And, I mean, right. you could play pro golf for another 30 years. Yeah, but, but can you imagine a pro golfer out there with, like, body tattoos, neck tattoos, arm sleeves? Listen, yo, that, might, be... that might get us back into it. Uh-huh. Know, we fell off the oh, yeah. but we, we be right back yeah. into it. I mean, who for JR? Well, shout out to JR, man. Anyway, and, man. and the fact that he's, JR, doing, he's trying to do this at an HBCU, too. So, shout out to him. Yeah, shout out to that, man. I got a question <laughs> for you, man. So, the Miami Heat resigned. 41-year-old Udonis Haslam to a one-year, $2.6 million deal, man. Why is Udonis Haslam still getting millions of dollars in the Miami Heat? What's what's good, y'all? Because he know where the bodies is buried, Jim. Like, because this this is not even about his age. He's the oldest player in the league at 41, but Udonis Haslam has not played a meaningful minute since, like, 2012. And even then, he was only playing, like, 11 minutes a game. So my thing is... Unless he knows where the body's buried. I know he's from that town. He's the representative. But that is a complete waste of money for somebody in his prime who was only playing, you know, low minutes in the, in the teens. In his prime. I, I don't get it. Like, at this point, he's the Miami Heat mascot. And he's getting a lot of money Maybe to do he's it. a good coach. Yo, it's another one of those Maybe things, though. Coach. Like we just said about Josh Allen. Dude, Udonis Haslam, if they are going to pay you multiple millions of dollars to play a game that you're not even really playing anymore. I don't know the last time Udonis Haslam played basketball. He got in in the last game of the season against the Sixers. That was his first appearance all season. And he got kicked out of that game in like three minutes. He got ejected. That was his only action of the whole season. So if they're going to keep paying you multiple millions, dude, go back. You, You don't have to... It's not like the same grind. You don't have to be in shape because you're not going to play. So keep getting that check. Yeah. I would. <laughs> they say Pat Riley, Pat Riley is notoriously loyal. So right. who knows, man. But you, anyway, but you man, know what this does? You know what this does? And I think it has proven itself to, to be that. This makes free agents look at you, not just because you're in a, you know, palm tree, tropical type place, but the fact that the, 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 you know, the brass is loyal, quote unquote, loyal to its players like this, or even if they're just, you know, using this as a show of loyalty because they know people will fall for it. This is why Miami, Miami is a real player every year in free agency even when you don't think they are. Remember how we laughed when Jimmy Butler decided to go to Miami? They get free agents to look at them when you think, oh, they team not even good. Who's going to look at them? year later, they're in the NBA Finals. So now you're showing this loyalty, and the team is decent. Coming, You know, they were in the finals just last season. Now look at the team that they've built because free agents aren't afraid to look there. So I – they're doing something yeah. right, but but Udonis Haslam is definitely man, the best guy in Miami at this point. <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, on another news, man, Manny Pacquiao, Earl Spence, their fight was canceled due to Spence's torn retina. My man had a torn retina. 
Yo, I'm kind of disappointed about this. I mean, this is not a fight that, you know, we were going to super hype up, but it was a fight that I actually wanted to see. Um, you know Manny, from, from young till now that he's the elder statesman, Manny will fight everybody. He will fight the best dudes. He will fight them in his prime. A lot of people think that Errol Spence was going to destroy him. Um, but we're not going to get to see it now. But the crazy part is, you know, he was fighting for Errol Spence's welterweight, two welterweight titles. Um, he's still going to fight on the same night for a welterweight title because the dude that stepped into the fight, um, your Dennis Yugas from Cuba, he holds a welterweight belt because, you know, it's like 65 belts in every division now. He holds a belt. And now his belt is, you know, he's like the sixth-ranked welterweight in the world. So now his belt is going to be on the line. Um, a lot of people in boxing, boxing purists, are giving Manny a lot of props for taking this tough of a comp- uh, opponent on such short notice. Because usually when stuff like this happens, you get a cancellation. You know, they'll throw somebody in there who might be decent, but you throw somebody in there that you know this dude is going to beat, you know, just for your troubles. They threw in a, a champion, and Manny said, all right, let's go. Manny but at this age, like, what he got to lose, anything he does positive at Manny, this age is going to be a legacy builder. You know what I'm saying? If he Manny's loses, they're going to be like, he like old. Four or five we expected games. him to lose. Right. Shout out to Manny. Legend like four or five games, man. <laughs> Give him his Grammy. Yeah. Sometimes All right, we shout touch. to Manny, man. That song sounded a little Deshaun Watson-y, but shout out to Manny, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was with me, touch. Yo, I had a meme pop in my head. But, yo, um, last thing that happened while you on the Grizz night, man, Shaq was forced to sell his stake in the Sacramento Kings, man. So Shaq has been a minority owner. and He actually owned like 5% of the squad or something like that. Um, I, yeah, I heard it was like 2 to 4%, money, money but, it was, got, but it was more than Jigger. Yeah, I heard. I heard. Yeah, I heard. five percent, but he flipped it. That bread, that bread tripled, um, tripled up on him. Uh, but it's part of a deal for him to have equity in a gambling company. Right. So because that's why when you use the word, he was forced to sell a stake because you can't be a part of a gambling company and be a part of a ownership team in a in a sports franchise that you know people are going to be gambling on. So, yeah. no, you know why, though? You said his money flipped like that? Because the Maloof family um, purchased – actually, the Maloof family sold the Kings in 2013 for $534 million. Now the franchise is worth $1.9 billion just eight years later. So Shaq, with the $5 million that he put in, um, they said with his stake, you know, he's cashing out at, at least – 11 million um, at this point. So Shaq has an estimated net worth of over 400 million dollars. So this is just going to add to his liquid uh, portfolio. So shout out to Shaq because he's been named the brand ambassador for this betting site, and you know what kind of money betting brings in. So they say he's going to make way more money being the face of this thing than he would have as the king's one of the king's minority owners anyway. So you get to flip that grab 11 to $15 million off of that and then get into another business where you're going to be the face making even more money. So shout out to Shaq, man. Yeah. He the face of Papa John's. He the face of betting. Yeah. As long as they don't start betting on people. Shaq is going to end up being the owner of the team. 
and when Shaq oh, on yeah. the team, it's going to be like, you know, the, the the magic or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Shaq's going to be. The Kings is kind of weird anyway. So Yeah, I mean, because this is a franchise man. he once dubbed the, the Sacramento Queens, and then he had to walk all of that back when he became a minority owner because Shaq, like we've been talking about all all episode, I might have to change the title to the episode, find something, you know, about getting that bread. Shaq realized no matter how much I dislike these dudes when I played them, no matter what I called them, they're offering me a stake in the team that's going to get me many, many, many millions of dollars. So to hell with all of that. Get yeah, what I man. can get. <laughs> Shout out to Shaq, man. Yeah, man. Speaking of that, man, tell everybody what happened this day in sports history. Speaking of, uh, you know, franchises selling and whatnot, this is crazy. Yes, sir. Yo, it's crazy how everything, like, it links and everything segues in this episode. This Dayton Sports History brought to you by Sports the Book. Y'all know what it is, man. Sports the Book. Sports the Book, one of the greatest sports books ever written, and it was written by the War Room's own Jimmy the Blueprint. Go out and get your copy. SportsTheBook.com, WarRoomSports.com. Wherever you get it, just make sure you get it. All right, on this date in sports history, August 12, 1969, we're talking about franchise valuations. The great and they were great by 69. The great Boston Celtics sold for a then record $6 million. This was the best franchise in the NBA at the time, and they sold for a record, a whopping $6 million. We just talked about the Sacramento Kings, who were one of the worst teams in the league year in and year out, worst franchises, being valued at $1.9 billion in 2021. The Boston Celtics in 1969, who was running a Boston on the league. He wasn't even called a Boston yet because they weren't finished there. running it. Sold for $6 million, man. So we like to give a Yo, nice big war room salute to that historical moment. That we like to give a insane. salute to the person who bought that because I'm pretty sure they flipped that for a lot more years later. <laughs> Yo, so six million Umar six million, that. Yeah. <laughs> Six million. We can we can open we can open two schools for black boys. Yo, Umar could have Umar could have raised enough bread to top himself, bro. What the hell? <laughs> His schools cost more to build than the Celtics, which is why they're not built yet. And the Celtics were Yo. killing the league right then. And we got the Sacramento yeah, Queens insane, worth one point. $9 billion dollars right now. We got the Clippers selling Money. for over $2 billion some years back. That's crazy, cool, man. Listen, man, it's time for us to get out of here, man. Yo, hopefully, hopefully Derek X do what he got to do, man. We're going to see that in about a half hour, man. But thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the War Room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, everybody who's on social media, everybody in our group chat. Anybody who supports us in any way, shout out to all of you. The folks that called and got to, we appreciate you those we can get to. We apologize, but we are getting out of here. Listen, catch everything we do, right? All of our webcasts, all of our podcasts, podcast network, all of our social media, anything that we got going on my book, Force the Book. You can find everything at the Hub. The Hub is warroomsports.com. Anything that you want to find about us, go to warroomsports.com. You can also, like I said, get my book there, warroomsports.com. But until next time, everybody don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We shall see you some point.
sensitive than oh well. Physical podcast, the tough push. Showtime like magic in the block push. Listen live, push one to join in. Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment. Hip hop dollars, tip stop knowledge. Should be in sports credits, I ain't talking college. Five guys, no beef though. Secret, but the streets know Bellafani, I got a chief flow KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode Two hours, get your game up Who's the best in sports cast, you better name us War Room Sports Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.